0: Have you ever been tricked by capitalism like repeatedly? Do you know what I mean by that? No. Have you ever been tricked by a product or a thing where you're like it's kind of like that George Bush quote like fool me once you don't get fooled again. Like the thing where you're like this is this could be good and it turns out no it's a bum product or it's it's a bad food choice or or what have you. But then you you give it another shot and you have nobody but uh, to blame but yourself. <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I I must have probably numerous examples of that in my history. There's there's nothing fresh that comes to mind, though.
0: Okay, so I, I have one, and you spurred this. So th- this is a, um you reminded me of this because you sent a link to the top picks, or what is it, the customer awards of Trader Joe's? What was it?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, what What is it? Customer, customer cho- or Customer choice awards. Customer choice awards. It's, it's surprised it's not like customer choice plus or something.
0: Yeah. So I'm kind of a big cheese on the Trader Joe's subreddit. I'm not. But this is, this was a post that did all right. So last year, I posted a thing where they have a product. And I don't think we ended up talking about this on the show. But they had a thing where they have these oh, little... Oh,
1: I, th- I think we did. I think okay, we well, did. There, 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 please there's, continue. There's follow-up to this. I, I assume yeah,
0: okay. people listen to one out of every five of these at most. But... Um. Yeah. So they're these spiced gingerbread cookies that are supposed to fit on the edge of a mug. Mm-hmm. But as we, as people in the Reddit comments confirmed, you need a thick, spelled with two C, uh, mug in order for the gingerbread man not to. Also, do you remember the thing where there was that that um security robot in DC that went into the fountain?
1: <laughs> we we talked about that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's that's what this gingerbread man. Did. <laughs> okay. So good, good comp. So this year, I was like, I saw it again, and from the box, it looked like, oh, what, what, are, what are you doing? Um, uh, photos didn't upload this right. I'll, I'll try to find a way to get the real thing to you. But this year, I was like, well, maybe they tightened up the <laughs> manufacturing <laughs> tolerances, and this time it won't just go straight into the mug. And I feel like it's better this year but still still not great. So I basically I get tricked multiple times with stuff like this all the time. Like Trader Joe's also has these um like dark russet potato chips that are supposed to be very good. They're very bad. And I don't know, there's just a lot of times where I, the optimist in me gets it and I don't. I don't know. I just I just can't. So anyway, I just I just wanted to know if you've ever been tricked.
1: Well, can I actually first ask a potentially bad or upsetting question? Uh, sure. The I mean, it it would be nice if this uh cookie mug hanger gingerbread man, you know, stayed where he was supposed to on the side of your mug. However, it seems like him taking a quick dip in the coffee and then if you kind of promptly took him out and then ate him that that seems like that actually might be pretty good
0: well so you're right so that's the thing where so but it i think it's supposed to his um uh I'm not trying to assign a gender to the gingerbread person but like uh, the choice to collapse inside the espresso or inside the latte is it's not one that's it, 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 the gingerbread person did not die in vain. You get yourself a spoon, you scoop it out, you get a very, very nice mushy gingerbread cookie. So you're absolutely right. So with this, I sent you another picture of this year where, again, yeah, the the tolerances are slightly better and if you sort of lean the dude up next to the, the handle of the mug, it's better. But you were right. Even if things work as well as they possibly can, uh, the leg that's inside the coffee after about a minute and a half will detach because it's because of what, what, what you're, you're the science guy um <laughs> condensation something sure <laughs> something happens and then his leg falls off
1: so, so he said the, the picture came through here mm-hmm. um he's got a bit of a creepy vibe to him
0: the face is not great
1: it's it he, he looks I'm not sure pretty how... cute on the box, but the the actual product, he's got a a little bit of a demonic look in his eyes. I'm not really
0: sure how list. much expression you can bake into a cookie.
1: It kind of feels like he might be better off without the eyes and the mouth.
0: Mm. <laughs> oh, fair, very fair.
1: Okay. Maybe, maybe in version 3.0, Trader Joe's can... Um, yeah, it's good. It, like, this is like
0: the out. Apple Watch. The first two aren't any good. Exactly. Yeah, but the suckers like me and you will buy them, and then that will sustain the industry. And then you know, (laughs) and then the guy from Modern Family will narrate an ad about it. That's really annoying.
1: Um, (laughs) which which one from? Wait, are you talking about the 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 new ones where the person's like calling nine one one?
0: No, there's the one where, like, it, it was the ad for the Series 7, and then um, Phil Dunphy is doing the voiceover, and it's a, a, it's an ad about oh, them overstating right. what the health sensors can do, which also seems sketchy. That's right. And it's just not a good ad, because why would somebody be taking the thing where there's the whole big disclaimer, like, this is, like, for entertainment purposes only, it's like, why is the guy taking an ECG multiple places over and over again? <sighs> I mean, <sighs> you don't? I don't, I used it once and, and I'm not really sure what actionable insights I'm getting about it. Um, anyway, so yeah, so apparently you have not been burned by capitalism, but I continue to, I always hope for the best and then corporate America and it just brings you back down. And yes, every coffee mug I have is something I got for free from a company. I don't have any mugs
1: that aren't sponsored by somebody. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Uh, but yeah, going back to this Trader Joe's Customer Choice Awards again. You, see, I know because there was no curbside situation at Trader Joe's. You took of a, a, an extended hiatus from them, but I think you've been a couple of times in the past six months. Is that
1: not accurate? It's it's unfortunately not accurate. Um, hmm. I keep like I, I. It's nothing COVID related anymore. It's just. I guess maybe because it was not part of our routine for so long, it's just kind of fallen out of the rotation. But but mm-hmm. there are a handful of times where I think, oh, I I really should go to Trader Joe's, including when I came across this, you know, customer choice awards thing. But I will say one thing with Trader Joe's, though, which is maybe a reason it's good that I stay away, is I feel like with them more than any other store, I mean, Costco would be kind of an honorable mention here but i i just buy so much stuff i don't need i go so mm. rogue off my shopping list but that's and it's it's not entirely a bad thing but it's also not entirely a good thing well but so, it's also
0: a 100 percent controllable thing on your part
1: well controllable is doing some heavy lifting there but mm. sure
0: you seem very disciplined in other ways
1: in other ways, maybe I am yeah but yeah. if if i'm in a if I'm in a store and i mean we've talked about this at length on the show where I am drawn to weird slash unique food and beverage items, and you know Trader Joe's has those in spades, so mm-hmm. you know it's um it's a dangerous place for me
0: that's entirely fair. Um, I'm trying to find the thread on the Trader Joe's subreddit. Um, have you ever oh, had
1: this English cheddar with caramelized onions? it's what, a, a runner-up in the favorite cheese section.
0: I have not. I'm I'm not. I'm somebody who's not fancy about cheese, but also when I am, I'll get fancier cheese. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do. I, like I'll, I, I'll, I likewise will kind of eat whatever cheese is in front of me. So I, I, I think you are saying.
0: <laughs> I mean, like I'll just go. I'll just get the the market pantry or whatever. Whatever the Trader Joe's off brand or not Trader Joe's. What's the other one? The Target off brand cheese. If I just need some standard like sharp cheddar or provolone for a sandwich or something. But if I'm gonna get fancier cheese, I'll just go to uh, Whole Foods or Berkeley Bowl and get something that's fancy, fancy. But um. I'll send you a link because there's a good thread on the subreddit um, which is uh, what's the best item you've ever got from Trader Joe's? What's the worst? And then uh, somebody named Giovanni the Great um, with 53 upvotes. Uh, best Mandarin orange chicken up to 2017. Worst Mandarin orange chicken after 2017. So apparently they changed their suppliers on it and people are no longer very happy with the, the orange chicken. And, and they are accurate where it's in the old days it was a pretty accurate rep, uh, like replica of like the like the terrible the terrible but also kind of good orange chicken you'd get at Panda Express. But it's 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 less good these days.
1: You know what? orange chicken is still really good that I, I I don't allow myself to buy this. I haven't had it in years, but the the one from Costco is is excellent.
0: Is it just a bunch of like um chicken pieces in like a sauce packet?
1: I mean, yeah, it, it's the, it's the same thing as same this concept. Ma- Mandarin. Yeah, exactly.
0: But it just comes in a, a thing that's six times the
1: size. Well, I was going to say it, it comes in, of course it comes with two bags, you know, because of course it does. And I, each bag is probably, yeah, 30% bigger than this Trader Joe's bag. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, in, in these picks, like uh, uh, not a lot of crossover with the stuff that I get.
1: Um, well, so can I ask with, yeah. the, to follow up on this Reddit thread? Best mm-hmm. item and worst item? Do you mm-hmm. did you respond to this, or do you know what yours are?
0: I didn't, just because there were already too many replies, and mine was just going to get buried. But like, worst item, uh, honestly, it's probably... Well, no, because it, the problem with those gingerbread mug hanger things. Like they're actually they're just I buy them just regularly now because they're just good cookies.
1: But there you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe most disappointing.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know. There, there's. Yeah, I I don't have a good yeah I I I don't have a good pick right now for worst just because my disappoint disappointment is fairly fleeting. What I have been into is that they have these um every they have a like a flavor line of products called Everything But the Bagel, mm-hmm. which is kind of products that are seasoned with kind of what you'd find on an everything bagel, and they have these ciabatta rolls that have that same kind of like everything seed seasoning thing on them. And that, if you just make some nice scrambled eggs, top it with a little bit of hot sauce, uh, arugula, and cheese, you just have like a nice open-faced sandwich, and it's fantastic. It's the perfect 10-minute breakfast in the morning.
2: So th- yeah, that, that's that been sounds,
1: very good. That sounds pretty good.
0: Yeah. Are you
2: a breakfast hmm. guy?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: What's your breakfast?
1: Um, Egg sandwiches are definitely... A weekend thing not not as fancy as what you just described but you know like an english muffin kind of thing yeah
0: like but that's the thing is it sounds fancy but the effort is so low yeah um so what's a what's a weekday morning breakfast
1: um i i've been doing um i well you listen to podcasts so you must have heard of this company um daily harvest what's
2: that Uh, Who's going to advertise on
1: I mean, they. Had, I think that I'm sure the day, Oh, is this and, the one where it's, and, it's the cups? Or you know what? Um, yeah, uh, eh. five thirty eight. They they advertised on them a bunch. Um, Yeah, they they do a variety of things. They do smoothies and they do like these flatbread thingies and they they, they do a bunch of different stuff. But the the these things costing, that I right? they're they're not terrible. They're anywhere from like four to seven dollars a piece. So less expensive than, you know, going out somewhere and getting breakfast, but but certainly more expensive than if you were just to make everything yourself at home. Um but anyway, they they make a variety of oat bowls, which are you know basically just like oatmeal. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: And they're 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 really, really good. Um so one of those and a English muffin is has been kind of the the go to breakfast lately during the week
0: i mean no no shade or offense by this but do you eat english muffins because you generally like them or that you feel that they are slightly healthier because they have less taste than other th- foods
1: no i i really like english muffins
2: hmm. yeah
0: did you grow up in a household where you were told that um whole wheat bread or whole grain bread was much much better for you
1: no to the contrary we were a um wonder bread family which oh. you know, now i understand to be it's <laughs> like <the> toxic <laughs> yeah i don't know like uh, there,
0: there's always that discrepancy of like things like that well because we also grew up in the age of where ever, like there was like fig newtons and people were like oh fat's bad for you but there, uh, there, you have as much sugar as you possibly want
1: yeah our our concept of what was healthy food wise was mm-hmm. was different in the 90s
0: well yeah and also what people were afraid of was not high fructose corn syrup but like razor blades and halloween candy mm-hmm I'm looking at this uh, daily harvest thing, and one props to them for having a hyphen in their URL. That, pro- that projects confidence. But in the smoothie section, they don't have like your classic like citrus one, because like, I'm looking for like well, I am just shopping for myself, like, is there one that's like just orange and apple or orange and strawberry or something like that? Or just strawberry and banana. And there's nothing like that in here.
1: The the strawberry and peach one, which is my favorite, yeah. is probably the closest to what you're looking for. I mean, the, the thing you have to remember with Daily Harvest is this stuff is like kind of like legitimately healthy. So the variety is, you know, it's a bit it's a bit limited.
2: Eight
0: dollars each. Uh, That's a lot of
1: money. For for like the. Lunch and dinner stuff, like the harvest bowls and those things, those are a little more expensive. And well, when I first just signed smoothie. up, what's that?
0: Eight bucks a smoothie. Not even the full food plan. Um, you
1: know, oh, no, the yeah, the smoothies are a little more expensive than I thought. um I I get a couple of those, but I I, I mostly do the the opals, and those are generally like closer to six bucks a piece. Mm. And they're good.
0: Is there any like, eh, I don't even want to get started. But I was gonna say, is there some lucrative, like, uh, was the what was the the Blue Apron where you could get like five free meals or whatever? It does not look like they have a super generous onboarding uh,
1: offer. When I no, when I signed up, maybe it was a limited time thing. When I signed up, my first shipment was half off or something. Um, but yeah, but anyway. I like, the,
0: there's there's no use in getting started on this because I'm.
1: No no, i mean it it works for me just for my morning routine, but mm-hmm. it, it it's not something I'd recommend to everybody does it have um,
0: Ben's seal of approval' because he is gets very much into the spawn con, so he might be getting some money on the side from this
1: i have I have not seen uh Ben advertise for for daily harvest no. how much do you, how much
0: do you think Volvo paid him?
1: I don't know, I hope a lot I like that <laughs> um but to go back to your original question, um, that that's the weekday breakfast. And on the weekends, you know, sometimes it's the same thing. But other times, I really like to bake for mm. breakfast. So I think I sent you that uh, cheddar and chive biscuit recipe. Yeah, those are good. That's really, really good. Um, we, of course, because how would we not, have both of um, JoJo's cookbooks. Mm-hmm. And she has her just like you know, classic biscuit recipe in there. And those are also really, really good. Um, are you a pancake
0: or a waffle household?
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Do um, you, which, which one?
1: We kind of alternate. Hmm. Do you I have think a waffle I, maker? Uh-huh, we do. Yeah. It, it, every, everybody, you know, who... Gets married, puts that on their their (laughs) wedding registry, so that's how we got ours.
0: It's such a single, it's such a nice luxury to have, but it's such a single. Like in terms of kitchen square footage occupied, it is is so such a niche. Well, that
1: and you know another wedding registry item was our griddle. Mm -hmm. Um, and same thing. Like in theory, you could actually use that for more than you could just you know a waffle maker, but in practice we only ever use that griddle for for pancakes and it it also takes up yeah a ton of space but yeah i oh. feel
0: i know i know people will sometimes use waffle makers as makeshift panini presses but mm. i assume that's maybe not great for it but
1: never yeah never tried that um and you know they take up a lot of space but i had you know fun memories as a kid making pancakes and waffles on you know weekend mornings so as mm-hmm. the new housemate gets older you know that, that'll that'll be fun. I mean, she already she's a big pancake and uh, waffle fan, but well, become I, more more interactive as she gets older. And you've
0: previously established very into fries and has a strong preference Boy, for regular fries, not the sweet potato well, nonsense. Well, I know, I know, you said that she'll eat it, but that she has a strong preference for regular.
1: She she does seem to really prefer regular. Yes. Um, next time sweet you're kid. over, <laughs> we'll we'll make it a point to incorporate oh, we'll do, we'll do, fries into oh, no, we'll, we'll
0: do a taste test and i and i i very much look forward to the sweet potato ones becoming branson's second dinner
1: <laughs> yeah branson branson eats pretty well these days let me tell you mm-hmm.
0: uh <laughs> never mind I'll, I'll i have an offline thing i'll tell you later um,
1: um I, actually i have one more breakfast thing that i actually sure. just made um so you know the lady friend and i we watch a lot of um baking shows as has been established mm-hmm. On the program, and I don't know. One of them we were watching a couple of months ago. They made donuts, hmm. and I I've never never made a donut from um, scratch at home. From from scratch at home, right? It
0: seems it sounds like a lot of work.
1: Well, I mean, it can be right. Like you can do a like dough that requires proving, and you can get real fancy about. it And of course, you know, you can obviously deep fry donuts, and that's. I've deep fried fried chicken once at home and boy, that's a process. <laughs> um, so these I, I knew I wanted just to do baked donuts so that that's what I did. And it it was a recipe. It was like an apple cider donut that didn't require any proving or anything. And it actually it was wasn't very complicated, but they also were just kind of eh, they were so so.
0: Well, I'm big on the carbs, not on the flavor.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, A lot of times the first time making something at home, that kind of is how it goes. And then and the worst part is that when, you, when you're when you making it yourself, you see how bad it is for you. Like you will just... Yeah, you, you see the you entire under- stick you under- of butter st- that goes in there. Oh, woof. No, so I was making uh, croissants with somebody recently, over this weekend, and to make 12 croissants, three sticks of butter, <laughs> like... Okay just an alarming amount <laughs> and just the same thing when you're when just like you're making cookies you're making anything and you just see how much i'm someone who's very uh sensitive to salt or at, least, or at least things that you add salt to at the end mm-hmm. um like i will i commonly will think uh mcdonald's fries are a little oversalted but so many recipes just just how much salt and sugar go into a thing it makes me never want to eat anything ever again i
1: don't know um I do oh you know make, what I, go ahead uh, no, I, I. You finish your thought there. I like
0: I do have to, because I, I. Uh, in the early days of the pandemic, you sent me that um the cheddar chive biscuit thing, and I also I made a very convincing knockoff of the Devil's Teeth baking Company Bacon Cheddar Beer Muffins, and I gotta mm-hmm. make those again. But the, it's just it's the time effort. I don't know, and just and as as a single guy, I just I don't. uh It's it's a very low reward thing to put that much effort in something, and just and you, you're like oh being responsible. I should only eat two of these.
1: Yeah. That, that is one thing with my baking breakfast habits is a couple of things I've made kind of spiral a little bit where it's like, all of a sudden it's ten thirty and stuff like, isn't even in the oven yet Ugh. and people well, and are the, hungry and all of a sudden it's noon and we may as well be eating lunch.
0: Well, and, and that's the, and that's the biggest racket. This is, this goes back to the capitalism trick question is that, uh, Recipes are always they're they're always lying to you because they'll always say, "Hey, uh, bake time, prep
1: time," and oh, I always I always double the prep. No, time. no,
0: but they're they're all you had got to triple it. It's nonsense <laughs> every time. Like you start you start dinner prep for something that should take an hour and a half at four thirty, and it's eight o'clock, and there's no food on the table. It,
1: it feels like the prep time is based on how it would work on a cooking show, where like everything's already. Oh, what's the
0: thing you're, you're on, you're on and Conan, measure. and then you're doing the thing, and actually, oh, the final product's under the under the table the whole
1: time. <laughs> it never works that way. Um, the 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 whole capitalism thing um, actually has a daily harvest connection that I was just reminded of here on the website.
0: Oh, you bought so, something twice, and you and you did forgot well, about.
1: It? Well, no, I, I, and I would have, but they have a, you know, a really basic feature where when you have, when you order things, you can simply mark them as something you liked or something you disliked. And I was actually just looking at the smoothie section and there, there's this, um, acai cherry smoothie, which on paper sounds totally up my alley. And I was kind mm. of excited about it.
0: I say you can go either way,
1: but. Um, yeah, but then I, I looked at my history and sure enough, it's something that I marked as disliked. So
0: that's actually pretty great of, of a yeah. website or a thing that's telling me, remember, you hate this. I, <laughs> I know you're getting older, but you don't remember this. You hated this. Right. Like that is the one possibly bright spot of a dystopian surveillance capitalist society that Facebook and Amazon want us to have. Is that a thing would say, Hey, remember this suck last time? And then you'd be like, Oh, thanks. Amazon." <laughs> I'm I'm happy that you keep recordings from 6 years ago of me asking you to turn off the lights. It's all <laughs> worth it. Um all right. So anyway, the Trader Joe's thing. Again, by if people are are loyal listeners to the show, they'll know all the good snack foods. The current top of the heap uh snack foods, which is what you're I mean, you shouldn't be buying most of your Trader Joe's is for snacks and for quick frozen dinners. It's not the best place to get produce. It's a so-so place to get dairy. Um but it's it's mostly a, a a booze, snacks and frozen thing. So in terms of what's top on the list in terms of snacks right now, actually the the uh, on this website, the the peanut butter filled pretzel nuggets, those are good. They also have these new spicy mochi uh snacks that are great. The um uh white truffle potato chips are fantastic, especially if you pair them with spicy hummus um trader joe's just recently started carrying half and half spindrift so that's kind of a game changer because target has you know with the whole inflation story has uh raised spindrift being seven dollars a pack now is a bit much
1: thanks joe
2: exactly this guy all
0: right you know what i think i think marco rubio would do better um Mm. and then in terms of but but uh trader joe's is actually one of the most the variety is not great it's fine uh, but for uh, for wine and uh, spirits, as they call them, if they have your brand or whatever you like, it is consistently maybe 10 percent cheaper than even the um, the like the what's the thing at Safeway where you buy six and you get like the, an extra 30 percent off, whatever. It's still better than that. So,
2: yeah, people should do that. All
0: right. Do you have anything else on that?
1: I know you want to start the show.
0: Yeah, actually, the soy chorizo is good too. That's a, that's a good thing to chop up and mix into eggs too. Really? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not I'm as as. You're not a vegan? God, no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no shade. No, but actually, yes, shade. Um, yeah, but the soy chorizo is good. Um, is this?
1: Is uh, they have a picture of the the package on here of the mm-hmm. soy chorizo six hundred and sixty milligrams of sodium in it it looks like so there's six servings in a package and there's two but but all all,
0: like every kind of cured meat or whatever that you're gonna get that you're gonna have even though I know this is not exactly what that is there that's kind of all that way like this isn't like top ramen levels of bad
1: I suppose but I if I'm reading this correctly a serving size would only be a third of one of these links are links it's and fine so that that seems like a lot but okay yeah it's fine
0: again look at look at what's going into your waffles
1: judge waffles judge, are judge not lest
0: he be judged no uh let's look at the sugar contents <clears> there
1: <throat> well at, at least with the with the pancakes we actually have a recipe um that ironically came out of one of um the new housemates like kids books <laughs> That you make them with um, whole wheat flour.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how much healthier they actually are, but they they you kind know, they they taste healthier. They and they feel like you know how pan, you know how pancakes <laughs> sometimes like they leave kind of that lump in your stomach. Like they're just really heavy. Well, yeah, they're cupcakes. These, these don't these don't do that.
0: Mm. When you say tastes healthier, does that mean taste? Is that if you for taste worse?
1: No, it's not. They're actually really hmm. good. They just taste. um
0: what what did they define taste healthier then?
1: They taste like I don't know, they taste less um artificial slash processed, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to describe.
0: Yeah. Oh, rounding out the the Trader Joe's thing. I forget if I already shared this with you. This was I took a picture of
1: this at the um uh Laguna Hills Trader Joe's. Man, haven't, haven't been there in a long time. And I thought I thought this was this was fun and very
2: on brand for Orange County. Ginger
1: shred man, it's pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, every Trader Joe's has an in-house uh, sign artist, so these do not come from corporate. That is somebody in Orange County who made that. So pretty cool. Huh. All right, uh, let's start the show.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's All right. Important.
0: So we have some follow up on the game stuff. So as always, and I think we actually probably mentioned this, pe- no, but people should have just fast forwarded everything we said about the Microsoft Activision stuff and just listen to what Peter Kafka and his guests said, because they're much, mm-hmm. much more qualified to talk about any of this. But the one part of this that I think we missed, and I and I don't think it's wrong that we missed it, because I feel like it's the most specious, is that the right word? Part of the whole argument as to why this is a smart or uh, like a worthwhile acquisition is this whole metaverse subtext and you can have an opinion as to whether or not that whole entire thing is just bullshit at this point. And if that's ever going to be a thing, because the metaverse in various contexts has existed in some way, not with that name, but like that's been second life and world of Warcraft and all this, the games that a certain type of person chooses to spend multiple hours in and try to think that they're in a world inside of a game. And that is that is basically what the metaverse is, correct?
1: Is well, it kind of to... depends on who you ask, but yeah, that's a version of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, and and I think this and this is something that came out of the Peter Kafka interview, which I forget uh, who did you actually listen to that episode?
1: I have not had a chance to. No,
0: do you remember what the name of the? Fa- I think it's the guy who, that founded was one of the co founders of Polygon. um but he had um... but he knew it was was a very is very good conversation um and i learned a bunch about it but um yeah that was the thing in like the microsoft press release it was all like it wasn't just like oh we're trying to bolster our subscription gaming service and have more in-house content creation or whatnot it was all about this gives us a a head start and um better footing for being a big player in the metaverse or or a bunch of crap like that which is not what this is? Because does e does Activision have any type of game that is that immersive,
1: or well, that I mean, people they, like? It's like because own... Ro-
0: Roblox do they don't do they own they don't own Fortnite they don't own
1: is it Roblox? I mean, they're they're World of Warcraft. So
0: but, but I su- doesn't isn't that kind of like on life sport or that it has a it has people who continue to play it? But I don't feel I like think... that's a growth game.
1: But that so the. You're familiar with a MMO, a massively multiplayer online game.
0: I vaguely know what World of Warcraft is and I think that's an MMO. It, correct.
1: And I I think that that basically is sort of like that's the metaverse but without it being immersive in the way that you would think of as the metaverse. But they, but the idea of having a f- character kind of in this persistent fictional world like that that's an mmo
0: well the difference between so again as as a gaming outsider my understanding is that world of warcraft was a thing that sometimes like people would go on raids together but they would still a lot of times they would just kind of hang out in the game right and that has i I talk to young people sometimes and Mm -hmm. i know and i know that they Sometimes we'll do something similar in Fortnite where sometimes they're logged into the game, but they're not actually doing clashes or I I don't know any of this, but they're doing stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. But the big difference of the metaverse as Zuckerberg and all these people are de- defining it is that it's going to be like VR forward where it's it's more immersive and all consuming because... VR commands all of your attention, whereas all these other things have mostly been you staring at a phone. So even though you're spending a lot of hours on it, your attention like can still kind of drift. Where the whole point of whatever the Facebook metaverse or the the Meta metaverse happens to be, the Meta World Peace metaverse happens to be, is that you don't like you're spending like six hours at a time in it, and you're maybe watching a Netflix movie inside of your VR headset, which is logged into Facebook. Like you're not. App switching in that context. It's like the what you see in the headset is the operating system and the world is that, correct?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And none of this is real yet. And very few people own an Oculus. And this is just a way for Facebook to try to own the second stage of the internet, which may or may not actually pan out.
1: Well, that and with Microsoft mentioning this as part of their press materials for the acquis- acquisition of Activision it's it's hard to say how much of that really is their focus versus how much of that's just kind oh, of it's PR bluster. yeah yeah um so i actually do think that the acquisition is probably mostly driven by kind of what we discussed last week. So I actually don't think that we're all that far off from not spending a lot of time on the, the metaverse piece. Um, something that I have learned in listening to podcasts and reading more about the acquisition since we last talked was even once this closes and, um, you kind of bring all of Activision's IP and games into the, the Xbox or gaming division of Microsoft now um they're still the third largest gaming company behind Sony and Nintendo which i thought was it's... kind of which i thought, thought was kind of interesting
0: yeah Nintendo is not traded in the US right Are they not? Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I I I don't know.
0: Can we put a pin in this for a second and talk about two quick Nintendo things? sure yeah the nintendo switch is five
1: years old yeah it's it's upsetting yeah
0: yeah time time's a real sob
1: um Mm -hmm.
0: but also there was a a thread that i forgot where i saw this but um this was an old i put in the show notes maybe you can find it or in in the uh, ideas folder um that it was like it was vaguely controversial when it happened but there was a story on polygon that uh Nintendo made it so that you wouldn't eat the game cartridges. Like they, they put a coating on cause Nintendo switch games. Do you have a switch? I do. Mm -hmm. Are the game cartridges just like SD cards?
1: Yeah, basically.
0: Okay. Where they put a thing on it where to make sure kids didn't eat them. There's like a chemical applied to it where if you like, if your tongue even touches it, like it's, it's just like revolting to humans so that you, like want to spit it out i don't know why this became news again but that's uh that that's that's super smart i don't know huh it's very ingenuity there but yeah the 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 switch is like every every three months i kind of toy with the idea of buying a switch but then i come to my senses and i don't but yeah oh switch seems like a cute console but yeah five years old at this point
1: actually you know to bring things full circle here I guess, to maybe try to answer your capitalism question from the top. Sure. I think for me, and this would be going back kind of a, a couple of years now, I think video game consoles might be that for me.
0: Wait, so like the Xbox One S is your Lucy with the football?
1: Yeah. How so? Like I, so I bought an original Xbox One, like the one that came packaged with a connect camera <laughs> which which had like the hdmi in is that and the, one that the was, hdmi out
0: it was like six hundred dollars and it was supposed to be their attempt like this was like microsoft is going to own the living room and the xbox is suddenly now like a dvr and a, a thing that knows who you are and it was and then it was too too expensive for what it was because they, they they miscalculated the room
1: yeah, and that that was literally why it was called the Xbox One was because Microsoft viewed it as being your first input device on yeah. your TV. Um so I bought that. I bought a PlayStation Four. And then I bought a I guess a Wii U must have been In, sometime around that is same this time.
0: Twenty
3: fourteen?
1: What 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 era is this? That sounds roughly right, you know. Um, it was when Breaking Bad was on
0: because remember, Aaron Paul was the one who did the ads for the Xbox One,
1: right? And then at some point further down the road, I bought an Xbox One S, and then as we just mentioned, I had bought a Nintendo Switch. I don't play any of them. I never really did. So why did I buy any of them? Quick
0: clarifying question. Is the the Xbox One, the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X, are those technically all like the same general, like where, where is the split between the PS4 and the PS5 in terms of Xboxes?
1: Well, the Xbox One. That was comparable to the PS4. Correct, so that that's now the previous generation uh-huh. of consoles. And so now we're on oh my God, what are what are the new Xboxes called?
0: the 1s and the 1x?
1: They're the series X and the <laughs> series s
0: is, is Are they called Xbox one or is it just Xbox series
1: X? It, one is not in the name anymore. Okay, it's so that's series. Okay. All right, yeah, and the series easy. X is like the higher end one, and then the series S is like the you know still you know better than the Xbox One, but but I think lower it doesn't
0: do version. it doesn't do like four K at 60 or something like the graphics processor is not as I good or something
1: I, I i the video game stuff i i still follow but not as closely as i as i used to so I, I couldn't really tell you like when a new like when the new halo comes out which i guess one just did you know at the end of last year mm-hmm. i don't exactly know what the difference between running that on a series x versus a series s would be i mean i assume it's the obvious things like frame rate and resolution and things like that but i couldn't tell you specifically
0: does it impact what master chef (laughs) does nice um but do the xbox fives or the series s series x or whatever um do they have optical drives because that was the thing Uh, with the ps5 was there there was the what was it called the analog edition the digital edition where one of them doesn't have have a blu-ray player
1: so that right. So with the PlayStation Five, it's it's you know it's one console in terms of like performance, but they do have two different versions of it: one um, with a Blu-ray drive, one without. The Xbox Series X does come with an optical drive, and the Series S does not.
0: Hmm. I like when you just type start typing the word series into Google. The first thing that comes up is Series X versus Series S. So apparently, it's common request.
1: No, there you go. Well, and I would assume <laughs> the uh, the second thing in your search would be how can I buy one of these? Because my oh, understanding are they still hard to is get? that yeah, I again I don't follow this day to day, but my understanding is that both the PlayStation Five and the new Xboxes are are still something that you know, gets posted on to Best Buy's website or whatever and sells out in two minutes.
0: But don't you have to be like a Best Buy, like elite member or something now to even buy a game console?
1: I I have been, and maybe this will be a topic at at some point, I'm not sure, but I have been kind of following that where it does seem like more and more retailers are doing the thing where hard to find items are being kind of like paywalled behind their premium, you know subscription service which Mm -hmm. I feel like is probably just a product of our time with supply chain etc like I don't feel like this is something that is going to be something that's the norm in the long run but it is yeah it is kind of a product of our time I think
0: okay and then sorry so with the game console stuff so there's two other bits of news in terms of what exclusivity looks like going forward
1: yeah and this you know this maybe should have been kind of an obvious thing in retrospect when when the news broke last week um so like with you know the the game that most people think of with activision is call of duty um you know even though it's probably past its heyday i think when you look at you know, top selling games each year. It, it's still either at the top or in the top three. Um, And so I think the point that was probably obvious in retrospect, which was missed is that Activision was probably signing, you know, multi-year deals with Microsoft and Sony, like in advance, basically of like, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to bring you a call of duty on this date, you know, for the next three years or whatever. And it sure enough, it seems like there was already some kind of contractual deal in place between Sony and Activision, where at least the next three Call of Duty games are, are going to be available on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of makes sense. Like, I was listening to another podcast this week that, that brought up this point, which is, you know, I mean, the, the news broke last week, but the reality is that the impact of the acquisition is it it's it's years away in in most respects because you know you're looking at a year and a half to close the deal and then you know it's really that that's that's almost day zero when the deal closes and then you know video game development is notoriously a long drawn out complicated thing so even if you know the clock is starting a year and a half from now and then it's it's going to be, you know, a couple of years even past that point before you start getting games that were fully developed by, you know, the the in-house or the the Microsoft in-house wing mm-hmm. of Activision. So, you know, it, it's going to take it's going to take a while for this stuff to um to shake out. Um and I guess maybe one more point that I Maybe didn't articulate on last week when I was talking about Xbox Game Pass being brought to PlayStation, which is something that you really push back on. And and you probably rightfully did it, given that I wasn't really, I think, explaining the reason why that would happen very well, because I actually don't really even know if I thought of this point, which is if Microsoft, you know, brings Call of Duty into being an Xbox exclusive game, and they, you know, bring some of Activision's other IP into being, you know, Xbox exclusive, or I guess, better said, Xbox Game Pass exclusive, that would then put Sony potentially in a spot where, you know, Microsoft says, well, you know, you can have Call of Duty still, but, you know, you can only have it if it's part of Game Pass. And I think that's, Potentially, where the pressure
2: to to do that is going to come.
0: He, yeah, I mean,
2: and again, I Call of like- Duty
1: was the number one selling game on PlayStation last year, so it's not something that you know. It's not not to say that Sony's going to sink, but actually, I, I lied. One one last thing I learned this week, <laughs> which is, you know, gaming is. Kind of a a fun thing that microsoft does but it's not like it's not their, it's core, not their core business business um, exactly um something i didn't realize is with the you know change in just kind of the consumer electronics landscape over the last decade plus sony's gaming division actually is their largest division now um which was was not the case historically but is the case now So gaming means more to Sony, at least financially than it does to Microsoft. So I think that's kind of another interesting dynamic that will, you know, I I think become a part of what the relationship between Microsoft and Sony looks like going forward.
0: Well, that's just until people start abandoning their phones and buying digital cameras again. And then it's (laughs) it's, Sony's back in there, back in the game. Um, The only other thing is that, and again, I'm not a gamer, I don't know anything about this, but is that since you do make a good point that any realistic consequences of this whole thing are two to three years out, doesn't this, like, Sony is very well known for having strong exclusives and first-party games. So wouldn't that give them ample time to kind of uh proactively like try to develop new games if some major Activision stuff is no longer available to them in three years,
1: potentially, but you know, like we talked about last week, third party published games have become such a big part of the video game industry where I d I don't know if a console can stand on its own. Really, just relying on first-party games, uh, unless well, Sony but if, but were to then, r- really boost that output.
0: But then I guess if we, so we've seen massive consult, sorry, and, and this is me stealing other people's opinions and insight. So we've seen massive consolidation across the games industry. The same reason why Microsoft acquired Activision Blizzard, a combined entity from a previously large merger on its own. So how many third? party game manufacturers are there at this point because you have ea churning out nhl 2k whatever whatever's and uh actually no the show the mlb one that's actually a sony exclusive um but yeah how, how many third-party game makers are there if this merger goes through so I mean,
1: there's I, there's still a lot because the group that you're not really thinking about are smaller and indie developers.
0: So, can you give me an example of a, a game I may have heard of that did not cut, that's on the Xbox or the PlayStation that did not come from one of the big three? A game that you've heard of? I mean that that would have broken through to a normie.
2: Hmm. Hmm.
1: You're
0: you're, you're, not, you're not selling your thesis here.
1: Well, I, I'm just trying to cater this to my audience here. Well, d- um, just tell
0: me a thing that again doesn't have to, but that like somebody would have heard of.
1: I, I, I you're putting me on the spot. I can't really think of anything. Um,
0: okay, you, you can use the magic of editing, but I, I, I guess that's all <laughs> I'm saying is like everything that I, like who made that? <laughs> remember that terrible video game that everybody hated, Cyberpunk, whatever, whatever, or Cybertruck? That one, who made yes. that? Yeah, you know, Cybertruck 2077. Yeah, that, um, I'm proud of myself.
1: Who I made that? that? Cyber Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Who Who made that? That was something CD um, Projekt.
0: Okay, so there there's an independent game maker that made something that was bad.
1: Okay, well, they're, <laughs> so that's not proving okay, so, anybody's point. But well, yeah, um,
0: that was the one that PlayStation actually Sony like literally had to go through, pull it from the store, and give everybody proactive refunds because it just didn't right. run.
1: Right. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um but you no, know, I think your your point is a good one, which is if Sony really wants to dig their heels in and say, you know, we're never allowing Game Pass, you know, Microsoft you can make every one of Activision's games exclusive to Xbox and Xbox Game Pass like more power to you. You do your thing. Like if if that's really the the way they want to go, then strategically i think what they have to then do is exactly what you said which is really um to also use a phrase that you love double down on Mm -hmm. their their first party games but it it's hard to do i mean it's this is where like video games and movies are quite similar where when you have an established franchise or where you you know you stumble upon a hit that then you know stays a hit for a while like that's great right but that's hard to do and those are really rare i mean call of duty the game that we're talking about here and which is activisions you know still their biggest game that was a series that originated when we were in high school so you know that gives you some perspective on these mega hits just they just don't come across very very often. So, you know, Sony can can try to make their first-party games, you know, come out more frequently and and be really high quality, but it it's really hard to replicate the success of something like Call of Duty.
2: Mhm.
0: But then that's <laughs> that's why Facebook is right about the metaverse or whatever. I mean, because uh I don't think they are, but the but that's the whole thing with this. The I, I I get what Fortnite is. I genuinely don't know what the Roblox is, but those are games where it actually feels like the quality of the game doesn't matter, and that it's mostly the people playing the game that are more important.
1: Yeah, it's it's the social aspect yeah. of it for so sure, that, and that
0: seems yeah. like a way smarter, <laughs> uh, like a strategy. Because it's way less effort, like I mean you're you're having to do more work on the front end of making a place where community could be fostered and stuff, but that actually like creating the content is actually way less important anyway, all right that, that was, yeah we can, we can move on from video games though uh anyway, I feel like our original take was seventy two percent right, so we'll go with that yeah, all right, new business we have new everything that's old is new again because we're, we're gonna go back to what we talked about last week. A lot. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. I have. So, I want to know. Do you have? There's a book that I got two days ago. Do you have? Do you, it seems like something that you already own. Do you have a book called The Cocktail Codex?
1: I do not. And I have not heard of that.
0: Okay. Well, then a copy will be at your door very soon because Ooh. it is amazing. The thesis of this book is that it's or like it's like a it's like a recipe. A very it's a beautiful book with great. uh Food and drink photography, and it's it's nice, but the thesis is that there are only like six cocktails, and there are different families and yeah, offshoots that's, of it
1: that's true mm-hmm. yeah,
0: so okay. I've got in front of me theres the old fashioned the martini, the daiquiri the sidecar, the whiskey highball, and something called the flip, which i've never heard of hmm. so it's a very very good book because what I was talking about last week is I would want to know how to obtain just the basis of knowledge that would teach me how to adapt a recipe or try to tweak something or make something from scratch and kind of understand like the same way that i would hope that i have a decent grasp on photography where you kind of know how light interacts with certain things and how you adjusting something or adding certain elements causes a change in like the the photo that you're creating and this actually does a very good job of that and, and i was reading it last night and i was like this is, this is pretty pretty great so in looking at stuff that I would want to make, I have a lot of questions, and I think you might be able to help here. So what is your, well, one, do you do you have certain drinks that you just don't ever think you'll make and therefore can safely ignore from the standpoint of not having to stock your kitchen or pantry with those elements? And you might know where what I'm getting at.
1: So I'm I'm not a martini guy. Mm-hmm. So any anything really and I, I actually I've come around a bit on gin, but you I mean you can use oh, gin in, in a a million other things. But yeah, martini stuff is, is not something you'd you know you'd find me stocking up on.
0: I guess so the a couple of things that I found from here is that there are a lot of recipes or a lot of cocktail recipes that involve two or three liquor bases that I am not very familiar with. And if, and if always discarded or, or just not ever considered, which are cognac, brandy and scotch mm-hmm. are these things that I need to have in my pantry. Cause I feel sure. like cause tequila, gin, vodka, mezcal, and, all that kind of stuff like those are very standard and are flavors that i think are easy to make stuff from but i've also like i don't know, like i've always thought of like and I, this could be way off base like scotch is the same type of person who drinks scotch as the somebody who's drinking baileys at christmas or something it <laughs> isn't isn't scotch kind of like a, a, a very sweet liquor or no,
1: or no no no
0: no okay get, get, then educate me here so on um, on the three that i don't understand give me give me a little like a basic amount of knowledge
1: Cognac and brandy, I can't actually tell you much, if anything, about because I similarly just am not. That's not really my my thing. Um, Scotch is um, very smoky or uh, peaty, as you'll hear the the cocktail folks say. So so
0: Um, I I mean, so I grabbed a, a bottle at Trader Joe's earlier today, but it says Scotch whiskey on it
1: uh so what does well, that mean
0: or did i buy the wrong thing
1: you did not buy the wrong thing so whiskey i guess you can sort of think of as just like and you know all my terms here are not going to be totally right but whiskey you can basically just think of as as the the alcohol um and a fun fact it could be spelled with an e or without an e and both are <laughs> that to- was totally correct
0: that was in the book I've, I've, okay, I forget if it's go. the if you're in Kentucky, it doesn't have an e, and if it's related to Scotland, it does have an e. I want. I, I, th- I think it is it's or something like that. With...
1: Yeah. Um, but so to your question, a Scotch is simply a whiskey from Scotland. That that's all that is.
0: Well, but isn't that also the difference between whiskey and bourbon? Is one is made in Kentucky and one's not, or something? Correct. Yeah. So they all. It, so since you're big on your. um uh the idea that <clears throat> certain quality like uh, like the, the that a gin is not a gin is not a gin that that your spirit mm-hmm. works barrel gin or whatever is 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 leagues above it's it's the twelve pro max versus your entry level <laughs> phone the- the kind of gin that I'm drinking um so you're saying that like if if they were all on the table they're probably you know, very few people will be able to tell the difference between a scotch whiskey, a bourbon, and a whiskey
1: well so you you would if you were poured a taste of bourbon and a, and a and a pour of scotch you, you would you would absolutely know the difference they they taste very very different i mean it it's it's almost as extreme as like a red wine versus a white wine like mm-hmm. they're very very different flavors like if you get a really peaty scotch and you compare that to
0: can you spell the word you're using
1: peaty no but I'm a terrible speller. so, so have a
0: D or a T in it?
1: Uh I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm an accountant. I speak in in numbers, not letters.
0: <laughs> Calculator. Okay. Jesus. All right.
1: Um. So yeah, I mean, the big, big, big difference between um bourbons and scotches. I mean, definitely, like, when you get into the various types of like american made whiskey with like your kentucky versus tennessee and all that like i you know in a blind taste test i would probably fail miserably at that um and yeah with like something like the barrel gin like that's that's a little bit of a different thing too because like i mean as the name implies it's it's gin that's aged in a whiskey barrel so it, it it's Purposefully, a very different thing than just a you know traditional gin,
2: which I think is either not
1: aged at all or is aged in like a stainless steel barrel.
0: All I know is that all the scotches were saying that, or whatever the plural of scotches, is, um, is that they were all aged at least eight years or something in oaky barrels or something. I, who even knows?
1: Yeah, um, and, and scotch then... is one of those things where you know. it, it Every once in a while it's okay. It's never my my go to thing. Um I mean if you're feeling really, really fancy for whatever reason, um when am I not? <laughs> um Johnny Walker blue oh, label I... is 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 the best scotch I've I've ever had. I've only had it a couple times, but it's it's really good.
0: I've always had such a strong uh, aversion. To that brand similarly where what's what's the equivalent of that in like tequila
1: I, I i don't know i don't know what you mean why do you have an aversion to it
0: so like i've always had like that weird thing where johnny walker and similarly like there's jose cuervo i think on the tequila side is something where it feels like there's one brand that's kind of always dominated a particular type of spirit in america and i don't know why i've just always had a bad impression of that so i've always i've I've literally never ever considered buying that brand because I, of that I
1: kind of i kind of get what you mean I, I can't speak to jose cuervo as well but like with johnny walker so their their whole thing is they've got like the different colors right which kind yeah. of does again like western
0: digital hard drives
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's a, not a bad comparison
0: oh that, that's a joke i didn't recycle while i was on mute cool <laughs> <laughs> um well no but um, that's the, that's the thing where like and, and i guess like is mostly that i don't trust a lick and this is this is very west coast uh blue state elitist but i don't trust liquor brands i've seen on tv does that make sense uh i mean it it
1: does i mean you, you but... can say it's
0: nonsensical but I, I think that is the thing where like i would i don't like beer but i literally think i could go my entire life without ever tasting what budweiser tastes like
1: well so i i see where you're going with that but it's not a direct comparison because even something like a johnny walker red red or black whichever one is the (laughs) kind of the the i never can remember the order
0: the red is the one that goes into nasa's (laughs)
1: um you know even that's like like a pretty well i think is a a pretty good whiskey whereas like bud light is get that out of here but how much Um, how much
0: does that like why why wouldn't somebody just like why wouldn't i just keep buying this mediocre bullet bule stuff that i'm buying
1: i think i think bullet and like johnny walker red are pretty similarly priced i think Mm -hmm. um but no johnny walker blue which is very very much more expensive is um is is really good um if i mean if you're also feeling super fancy and you want to try another scotch that i really like that's that's not mean not as maybe name brand as johnny walker is um glenn levitt and they only know that from anchorman oh is that is that what is that what they use in anchorman i think so um, so though, anyway, they, they have a, <laughs> a more traditional setup where they don't have like a color system. They just, you know, there's Glenn Lovett and then there's various, you know, ages. Right. And the, the 12 year is, is, is good. Um, but the 18 year is really good. It's and that's, good. it's not, that's not as expensive as blue label. That's, it's, it's like, actually it's, it's a lot less expensive than blue label. I think it's about maybe. Half of the price or so, and it, it's it's good.
0: Yeah, maybe. I, I, as As I'm starting out, I might I, I might err on the side of, of cheapness. But yeah, I well, guess, I
1: mean, for me, like I don't ever spend money on scotches, really, because that's just not that's not really what I'm what I'm into. Well,
0: I guess that that's my point. Like, which is that like uh, entire chunks of this book do bring in the idea of things that are based off uh cognac brandy scotch and rum and i've 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 never liked tiki bars and there's there's like a whole like just like vertical of drinks that i just are not my type of thing where it feels like my i don't ever need to buy a rum in my entire life i guess like are, are of those three or four things i mentioned are any of these things that you think i need to concern myself with
1: uh, Do I, I do, do you stock
0: so. a brandy and rum in no.
1: your? No.
0: Okay. All right. So then I can safely just continue to ignore that. Yeah. But yeah, this is a good book. Um. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I, I got a lot of I, my the it's, it, the 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 syrups that I got are are leading me down a road where I don't know mm. just experimentation is nice i'm actually i'm actually drinking less because it's way more work um which actually that's uh that's a good that's a good uh byproduct for dry january but um yeah i've been more thoughtful about it and it's kind of, it's it's a fun experiment which leads us into the next bit of this which is a previous chef special that you had made mm-hmm. and then i forgot about multiple times and i forgot why i decided to pull the trigger now but you had talked about something called the Elevated Craft Cocktail Shaker. Right. Um, and give me, give me the 15-second the the elevator pitch on this.
1: Everybody, I think, has had a cheap cocktail shaker at some point in their life. And the Elevated Craft Cocktail Shaker is, is a higher-end fancier cocktail shaker. And it just, it has, and you're not going to like this comparison, but it it's, it's like, it's, Don't it's, it's like, a, if, yeah, like if Apple were to make a cocktail no. shaker, like this is kind of what they would make where it's, it's very well thought out. Where's you the know, notch? The, <laughs> you, you, the, you, are were, you were the correct. built-in strainer, the built-in measuring cup. Well, like it just, it's, it's, and if, it, if feels very well-made. It's got a good weight to it.
0: Okay. So let me show you... Um, uh, let me see if I can find in my Amazon history. So what I was using before was called the... Let's search Amazon. 10, 10 orders containing OXO. Okay, jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Um, send you the thing. So I got this, which is now discontinued. Um, it was called the Oxo Steel Press and Pour Insulated Cocktail Shaker. So it had, it had, it was thirty dollars at the time, and it addressed most of the issues that people seem to have with crappy cocktail shakers, which is it was insulated, so you the side didn't get all icy and and cold. It had a built-in strainer, and it was mostly fine. So I ordered and received the Elevated Craft Cocktail Shaker, and in the, the in the plus column, it.
1: It seems like it seems like OXO just updated that shaker that you refer to just just to prevent you from getting all the the follow up and stuff.
0: Oh, it's fine. Like, no, I I, my what what was my order date on this? I I bought it August 12th, 2015. So it's it's fine. Yeah. So with the Elevated Craft one, though, the difference is or the advantages are that one, you are right that it has more heft to it. Again, the OXO one, I don't think felt cheap, but it, it does. The Elevated Craft one is heavier and feels more substantial. Uh, The built-in strainer seems nicer. The one thing that I do take... Well, and and the problem I was having with the OXO one was that if you were making two cocktails back-to-back, it would leak a little. And that is not an issue with the Elevated Craft one because it has two what seem like quality like rubber gaskety thingies on it. But the problem is that it's very hard to unscrew. Do you experience that?
1: Um, I mean, I I know what you mean, but but you you get used to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I've I've only made like three drinks with it, but it's 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 a little tough, especially if you've been shaking for a while. Um, but no, it's it's nice, it's good. But my thing is that I don't think. So the the deal is you you separate it, and then the top third of it becomes a built-in measuring cup thingy. So it allegedly it obviates the need for a separate cocktail jigger measuring cup dealie. But I feel like stuff that you're measuring in like quarter or half ounces, it's not really precise enough for that. So I'm still like i i it is con- more convenient that i can measure like an ounce or two of like of like liquor or juice and stuff into it but syrups and um like simple syrup and things like that i do still use a separate Measuring tool, and then we'll just put that on top of the other thing. So it is, uh, it is I, nice, but I don't think it—it's it, not the be-all, end-all, and it is not a one, like a, a utility knife-style tool that it—that obviates everything else.
1: I do the same thing because I, I do agree with you that the measuring cup that's that's built into the shaker for small measurements, like any anything less than like three quarters of an ounce, is kind of tricky. Yeah, And so I, I I similarly usually use uh, a separate, you know, jigger or whatever to, to measure that stuff out.
0: Yeah. And the one that I have, which I just ordered a second one of also from the OXO corporation is, yeah, it's good. Like it's got nice diagonal, like angled measuring lines. It's easy to get it down to the quarter of an ounce and it's, it's great. And it's eight bucks. These are delightful.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
0: So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like it, it's it's good. I'm I'm happy about it. It was a good, worthwhile upgrade. And here's and this is the one thing that I, have, I was having a conversation with somebody else about this, and I didn't know how a way to phrase it. But you know how when and this goes back to the to the wire cutter, and they're always like, oh, this thing costs twice as much as the other thing that's almost as good. But when you have a thing that's you're looking at thirty dollars versus sixty dollars, I don't think you get to say it costs twice as much. Like I mean, it—it's just—it's a—a different thing that's a high of higher quality, but it's not like you're comparing a car that costs twenty five thousand dollars versus like it's just the nicer version of this thing is thirty dollars more. I feel like saying something costs twice as much is disingenuous.
1: Yeah, I but that—but
0: that, but that right is saying. what this is, which is it's more costly, but it's nicer and it, and it right. and it feels nicer. So I like it. It was a good pick. I am debating getting a second one because there are some times when you just kind of – I'm not – even though they say it can go in the dishwasher, I'm not going to put this in the dishwasher. So sometimes you don't want to actually like clean it. I I don't know. So that's where I think about a backup.
1: So I'll throw this at you as an idea. So I only have one, but I I do understand what you're saying about maybe the appeal of having two. Well, it's the same um, reason why I have
0: uh, three uh, espresso machine porta filters. Like I just sometimes if, if you're tired or like you just don't, I don't want to have to clean the thing as part of what I'm about to do.
1: So, so I hear what you're saying, but like, so think about like the last time you were at my house and I you know, was making a bunch of cocktails with friends over, um, having a good time. All I was doing between drinks of which I made, you know, quite a few in that. Cocktail shaker that night, like I, I I was just rinsing it out between, because it's, you know, because it's you know high quality stainless steel, like it's nothing's getting gunked up in there or anything. And at the end of the night, of course, I'm scrubbing it down. But like in between drinks, you don't need to get too crazy. You're you're right, you're
0: right. But I guess my point is more of, uh, 24 hours later, like it's in the sink, and I just, I, I didn't feel like cleaning it. I'm not saying in between drinks. Like if it's, even if I'm making an entirely different drink, I, if it's sat in the sink for 18 or 24 hours, I mentally can't just give it a, a quick rinse. I, I'm just too OCD for that.
1: Yeah, I guess I, I would, I would never really let mine go that long without getting a, a, a good cleaning. But. Well,
0: I mean, and I'm somebody who like, I will do dishes as I'm cooking and I'm not somebody who has a sink full of dishes. But a lot of times, like, I don't know, if I'm making a cocktail and I want to go sit down and read and unwind, the last thing I want to do at 10.30 at night is go clean my cocktail shaker.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, but no, it's it's nice, good recommendation. I will, um, co-sign this bill and I will, yeah, give give this the, yeah, the okie-dokie. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not perfect, but it's good. And that's, you know, these days we'll take it mm-hmm yeah i've already recommended it to multiple other people who are also very much on board with it yeah because apparently that's one of the household items that everybody hates or that everybody's like oh yeah mine does kind of suck so that they're they're willing to take a gamble on it, it yeah exactly
1: I, I mean i was the same way like i, I had a couple different cocktail shakers and they, they were fine but but no the the second i started using the the elevated craft cocktail shaker i was totally sold on it
0: uh, two other quickies related to this is um, as I was searching for some info on um, cocktails, I stumbled across uh, across this Bon Appetit video on how to make a French 75, which is I'm no expert, objectively wrong. I like I don't know if this Andrew Knowlton guy is famous in any way, but like the recipe is entirely wrong. It's like Three parts gin to one part like champagne, like it's it's objectively wrong. I don't know. It just it just it was very upsetting because the French seventy five is one of mm-hmm. the best drinks you can possibly make, and it actually is very well featured in that book, uh, the Cocktail Codex. Anyway, so nobody should watch this, and I I I, I don't trust this guy <laughs> as far as I throw him. Because I mean, no, as you watch him pour the drink into the champagne flute. Like the champagne flutes like 80% full already. And he's just putting on like a tiny bit of, it's like you're at a cheap uh, brunch place and they're trying to uh, be stingy about the mimosas. Like it, where it's like 80% orange juice. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this at all. Hmm. Yeah. Bad use of Bon Appetit. <laughs> and uh, lastly, I'm tweaking some recipes and I, I just next week, probably we will have a, um, a naming workshop for what my, mezcal variation of the the naked ape is i'm thinking business casual gorilla but we're gonna we're
1: gonna we'll workshop that next week we'll we'll, we'll think about that yeah. yeah
0: all right oh boy this is running a little bit long do you have anything in the streaming wars or whatever
1: this is i feel like so i feel like we'll Let's table the Pixar thing, because I actually, I do want to talk about that, but I think that's Mm -hmm. going to become a longer topic. Mm -hmm, Because we still disagree Um, about it in the same way. Exactly. Um, The the two things that I'll pull out of here that I'll keep short, HBO Max subscriber numbers seems like they did pretty well in 2021. The thing that I'm really interested to see, I well, actually, to put some to numbers to it, I guess. So they ended 2020 at about 60 million subscribers, and they're ending 2021 with close to 74. But what I'm really interested to see is, you know, they've Warner has obviously said that they're they're not going to continue the whole thing that they did this year with, you know, releasing new movies day and date in the theaters and on HBO max, they're going to presumably, and this is part of what I'm interested to see move towards the Disney plus model, which is, you know, stuff comes out in theaters and comes out on Disney plus like 90 days later or something. Um, I'll be interested to see like if they continue this growth minus that movie strategy that they had this year.
3: Hmm.
0: I don't know if this information is right, but does it sound accurate that uh, Netflix only has 75 million U.S. based subscribers?
1: Uh, that sounds kind low. of low, but I, I don't know that could be right. So it sounds like they have t- so
0: 225 million globally, and allegedly 75 in the U.S. Because I was looking that for a frame right. of reference where 46 million for HBO Max—that's that, a lot.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: mean comparatively, I, I well I, it's.
1: H, I guess it's HBO plus HBO Max. So, but still, yeah, a big, big number.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty darn interesting. Because uh, yeah. yeah. Netflix had a disappointing um earnings release recently, where it does seem like their subscriber glo- growth is slowing dramatically. Um, similarly, didn't like didn't Disney have that like two quarters ago, where they had just already pulled forward with the pandemic so many like basically like they have compressed a year and a half worth of subscriber growth into like a single quarter oh, when the pandemic hit
1: it's kind of, it's a whole other topic and like the the Peloton stuff falls into this too it's well, like all these all these stocks that completely skyrocketed through the pandemic based on mm-hmm. you know growth that was never going to be sustainable as the pandemic started to ease but people kind of like to talk themselves into it, maybe continuing for years and years, even though eh. that was never a realistic thing. But, but Peloton hey,
0: has an insider trading angle, which is way more fun. Yeah,
1: they, they do. That's true. Um, um, so the the only other sub, um, streaming thing mm-hmm. that I wanted to mention, which is just mostly a way for me to complain about something that I like to complain about frequently, which is okay. So NBC has said that they're not going to offer any sort of 4K stream of the Super Bowl. They're they're broadcasting the Super Bowl here in the US this year. And like I I don't care about like 4K specifically or really any sort of like specific standard or whatever, but it's just another like reminder of just like how bad quality traditional cable or satellite whatever tv is and it's such a bummer that none of the major cable or satellite companies have really done anything meaningful to make the quality of their broadcasts better and it really like i think about this a lot i'm 99.5 percent of people i'm sure don't but stuff that you stream over like discovery plus or netflix or whatever like it's such higher quality than what you get through your cable or satellite provider and that's just it's it's lame
2: yeah i mean i I get it but i also
0: what are they gonna do like they they just cable has a certain amount of available bandwidth for it. I feel like most people don't care.
1: I mean that that's pro- that's probably what it comes down to is it's it's a huge investment in infrastructure like, for something that people largely aren't going to care about, but well,
0: and I I don't know if there's actually like if there's actually any public like, published statistics about how many people found an avenue to watch the Olympics in 4K, but I assume it is a fraction of a percent. Right. Yeah, so yeah just, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, like and and like it's and it's not just that I'm an anti-football guy, but like it just, eh. like it it would be cool if the games were produced in a higher quality, especially for really big events, and that super fans could, because I mean obviously, um, the nf like the the sports leagues and the um, like the broadcasters like the, for archival purposes do probably want the best possible video quality so even if they didn't necessarily have the broadcast means to uh, transmit it and uh, get it into people's homes that way that they might want it but I also think with the pandemic and so many other things like eh, I, I I don't feel that like another weird year is the reason why that somebody can't see uh, a third down or whatever in, in the in, in 2160p
1: yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm only bringing up this story, like not as a way of really talking about the Super Bowl specifically, but just in general. It just feels like the quality of broadcast TV has just been oh, sure, so static for so long now. But
0: yeah, again, going back to it, like I just, I just don't think most regular folks care. Like, I think your biggest point that is that, that's valid is that Comcast and most other providers like they do just absurdly compress the video Mm -hmm. streams, but people want, they want fast internet and they want a lot of channels and coax only has so much bandwidth. Like you kind of can't, it's like the whole, uh, was it, was it, uh, inexpensive, good and fast pick two or whatever. It's kind of one of those things.
1: Yeah, I guess so
0: uh do, do, do. okay that's that uh apparently there's gonna be a big apple spring we'll get to that when it actually happens um well, yeah, let's push the peloton stuff but yeah apparently there were a couple of big things one there was an the insider trading thing but there was also a report possibly by a sketchy leaker that they were suspending making new bikes and treadmills well, wasn't,
1: wasn't that i thought i thought that Story was kind of the same thing.
0: No the the thing was that before the earnings release, uh some key executives sold a bunch of shares before the stock dropped eighty percent.
1: I thought this the the report leaking of the halting of production though. I thought there was kind of an insider trading angle to that one too. There is,
0: or well, not yeah. necessarily insider trading part, but like because the other one was just in terms of just like SEC disclosures, where it was insider trading, but also yeah, we'll get to it next week if there's time. Yeah. Um Yeah. I think that's it. Again, I again I don't know anything about the Steam Deck, so we'll yeah, we'll table that. And I have not tried this chicken place either. So lots mm. of uh, TBD for next week. Mm-hmm. Alright, Chef Specials.
1: Yeah, so I've I've got a going for you this week. Mm-hmm. So I, I gotta give you a little bit of um context or background for this pick. Okay. So my Synology, which I, I bought from you years ago. Mm-hmm. Which which I love. I've, I'm sure I've made that a chef's special in the past, and I'll give it kind of another shout out here. It's it's fantastic. Really, really like it. I have like that's the DS fifteen thirteen. I think it is. Um, I for the first time since I bought it from you had to add storage to it. Mm-hmm. Thanks in part to uh, having a, a fancy camera now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um. So I, you know, pulled it out of the the server closet, i.e. Our, our laundry room. And something that I knew I wanted to do as I was, um, as John Syracuse would say, preparing the way for these new hard drives to go inside the Synology was I knew it would be really dusty and needed to be cleaned out. Ooh. I haven't done that in a while.
0: God, I know where this is going.
1: And so, you know... Typically, what you do when you need to dust off electronics is you go out and you buy those stupid mm-hmm. compressed air cans, which I was very close to doing for this little mini project. But I thought there's there's gotta be there's gotta there be must something be a better way. There's gotta be a better way because these compressed air cans like they're horrible for the environment. They're they're, they're wasteful. terrible for the environment. And they're expensive. They're, they're kind of pricey they They just don't work very well like you get you get a good spray of air for like three seconds and then it's like you're shaking the can and then you're getting the you know the the whatever it is like the liquid nitrogen stuff on your electronics and it's just it's no good and then it, the can gets really cold and it's like hard to hold and yeah no no good, so I bought did you buy a dead I don't know what that is, but I, I bought this thing, um, which is the sin yeah. shine, <laughs> a, a, you know, a, a name brand that, you know, you love and trust
0: Old general electric
1: <laughs> their um, compressed air 3.0. So apparently I've gotten the third version of this thing, um, electric air duster and it, it's, it's exactly what you think it is. It just, it. Plugs into the wall. They I get there are other companies that make like cordless versions of these things, but I, I was I was content with just having it plug into the wall. Comes with a, you know, a couple different nozzles that you can stick on the end. And um it just it literally just it just blows air. <laughs> That's all it does. Um it but it it's it's really darn good. Like I used it to clean out the Synology today and I mean, it's so much better than using a can of compressed air. So much more power. And, you know, obviously, like I can now continue to use it instead of just wastefully throwing away a can of compressed air.
0: How loud is it? Not that it matters that much, but how loud is it? It's not It's not bad. Yeah, I've had something called a MetroVac anti-static electric, which I think is the the name brand version of this, but it's, it's $132. So it's been sitting on my Amazon cart for a very long time. It's tempting now that you, I have some real world anecdotal evidence that this is much cheaper and, and doesn't, because yeah, what, back when I had the whole um, leaky server closet <laughs> situation, yeah, I, I t- wanted to make sure the Synology was fine because it got a couple of drops on it and yeah, yeah, it was, oh, very, 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 very dusty after like just three years of chugging away without Ashley having replaced a drive. Yeah. Did you get it from both sides? That sounds weird. Did you did you um make sure like you removed the hard drives? Got the big old fans in the back but oh, yeah. also Okay.
1: I I th- I thoroughly cleaned it. Yeah.
0: Did you make sure that you had the drives laid out in the order that they were taken out in?
1: I well I only took them out one at a time.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. I don't I don't know if it's superstition or not, but I don't know if it actually is a problem if you don't put the drives back in the right order. It probably I, yeah, is not.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't want to find out. Um <laughs> speaking of, so I I I figured this was going to happen but um it's still a little unsettling anyway. Mm-hmm. So I I added 2 4 terabyte drives to my um Synology storage pool. Mm-hmm. And I'm using their like it's called their SHR. Synology hybrid yeah. RAID. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about this technology. like everything from just the physical act of putting in the drives, everything about it is just so nice. And, you know, adding the drives to the storage pool in the UI, you know, once the device is booted back up and everything couldn't be any easier, but I did this, um, about five hours ago and it's only about. Less than twenty percent done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> put putting this all together, which which I right. no, I know. Like I, I, totally expected this to take a day. Um, but nevertheless, it's it, I, I am a little anxious for this to be done. In part because this is another little side story. I used this as an opportunity just to check in on my overall data backup strategy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another great thing of the Synology is it's got this, um, what's, what's the tool called cloud sync. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can hook that into a variety of, you know, online backup services, including backblaze B2, which is what I use. And so I thought, you know, I should, I should log into my, my B2 account. It's been a little while since I've checked in on that. Well, it turns out that there's a there's a part of my Synology that for whatever reason I never set to backup to B2. There's like kind of like three main areas of my Synology. Like that's the way I've got the data kind of organized. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, one of the three I didn't set up on B2, which I didn't realize until after I had kicked off this um, expansion of my storage pool, which I'm sure will we'll go just fine and then once that's done I'll be able to set that up on B2 but i Do what you, i'm saying is i don't want this to error out <laughs> cuz I, I don't it, have part of it backed up
0: yeah it'll be fine like it'll the last fine. like yeah. cuz i my oof, i have so 8 bays and i think they're all either like 8 terabyte disks so like yeah if you have to replace a couple like it like mine the last time i had to replace two drives it took like 4 days just yeah, because it was, yeah, it's like twenty terabytes of of possible storage. You know?
1: Yeah, so mine, mine was only, I only had about two point five terabytes of data, and then, like I said, I was adding eight more terabytes of storage. So, yeah, a take this taking a day makes sense to me, and it's all like I'm I'm looking at it now, like it's all green and everything's fine, but.
0: Two quick uh, points of order on on the uh, B two setup. Do you have two factor authentication on your B two? Oh yeah. Okay, good. And then do you have with Cloud Sync, You even though you find you finally upgraded to the faster Comcast internet, right? Um, you can have Cloud Sync schedule for only off peak hours for uploads, and I mm-hmm. find that very nice to relegate uploads to one to six a.m. So have, yeah, you ever I have a really it, big uh, upload day
1: yeah i don't yeah i mean I, I guess that comes up every once in a while but it, it's just you know it's it's photos and it's i i back up our podcast stuff because it's not? timeless yeah exactly um so i'm not uploading like a ton but
2: you yeah. know yeah. so yeah
1: anyway a good a good reminder also to probably set like a monthly maybe quarterly omni focus reminder mm-hmm. to just kind of do that that periodic check in of your, of your, data backup strategy. You know, make sure the Synology's happy. Make sure your B two stuff is actually up in the cloud. That kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you actually back up your computer computers?
1: No, I don't. I don't do. Um, I don't do any of the like. Um, what do people like now? I mean, there's Time Machine, of course, but people also like. Um, I'm also what's, old what's the other Super one? Deeper. Super Duper. That's what I was thinking of. I don't. I don't do any of that because I just. I honestly have so little on my computer that's just not in the cloud that it just. It just doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I. I guess you know if you have a clone, you do maybe save a little bit of time on, you know, installing stuff and getting settings exactly in the right way, etc. But eh, I, I don't know. I act. I, I probably do have a spare external hard drive around here somewhere that I should just use for that. But
0: I think you should. You, you, so, do you have any portable SSDs?
1: I don't, but they're they're so inexpensive now. I so, I, I know what you're saying. Me, so it so feels see, like I should just have one. Well,
0: you should just go put a slick deals alert for Samsung T5 or T7 portable SSD. I mean, because I yeah, I've like it's not. The way I run my computer is that I have basically everything in Dropbox, like to the point where I treat my, like where everything on my computer goes as being in Dropbox, like the home folder doesn't really exist. But the the idea of having a super duper backup is that if something went wrong and you have a thing where you just don't have a day and a half just to mess around and kind of uh, restore your stuff from the cloud, that you can be back up and running immediately. It is nice to have. I don't know. But again, I yeah. mean, if but but it sounds like you're all in on iCloud and anything that's critical is in Dropbox. And it, while it would be an annoying setup hassle, yeah, I mean, you're, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's probably a good idea to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, like the the only the only data that I'm backing up that's like totally, where I get the the two sets of things that are like mission critical are like important documents, like taxes and things like that. Like that's all just in Dropbox. And then the other really critical thing are photos. And photos are, you know, that that's the combination of the Synology, which has its, you know, data redundancy across its RAID configuration. And then all that stuff is also then backed up into Backblaze. And so all that feels pretty sound.
0: And just a, a standard reminder is that you should, maybe once a year, be doing a complete export of all of your iCloud photos onto the Synology in case... Something oh,
1: that's, catastrophic. That's a, good, that's a good idea. Well, just like because you know
0: how sometimes people will lose access to their Apple account or something, and that would be that'd be bad because you probably yeah, had a that, lot of photos on that were phone photos.
1: I, I do. That that's a good idea. um One thing I was going to ask you about the Synology, which we can take offline, is is I I was it's been a while since I sort of dug into the details of my Synology, which is one of the great things about it. Is it just it's a, it's in the background? I never really think about it. Um, super reliable, but. It 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 has I guess something where I can like put an SSD on it and it acts as some kind of like cache or something. Meh. Is that is that just a marketing thing? Does that make any Meh. kind of difference? Not really.
0: Okay. For certain type of high performance or like low latency business applications, like if you were using it in like as like a workgroup server in an office? Sure. Yeah, but no. For like
1: light, for Lightroom and stuff, that wouldn't make any difference.
0: No, I've toyed with the idea of replacing the internal drives with SSDs, but that would be costly and pretty dumb. But it but the, it'd be so fast
1: because you you have your Lightroom library on your Synology, right? Yes. Yeah. So do I.
0: Four terabytes as of last week. Uh, when because I because I, I will every couple of every quarter I have an OmniFocus task to um also have that copied onto just to a 10 terabyte hard drive that I just keep sitting around just because that is the one downside. If I had uh, to, yeah, if there was yeah. something catastrophic that happened down the time it would take to download from B2 and also the, cause it costs money to download from it. That would not be ideal.
1: No, that's yeah, that's, that's smart. Although I feel like,
0: like I have a whole project in OmniFocus, which is just stuff that I need to do like monthly or quarterly related to stuff like that. And that's also how I have managed to not get locked out of my house because I have I have a reminder saying replace the batteries in your August lock way before the lock tells you to because it'll just <laughs> stop working and August is a bad product and I don't know if we've talked about that before.
1: Oh, oh, we have. Um, so the I guess so the theory with having that other drive is if something goes wrong with the Synology RAID, you basically like have another local backup exactly you can go to yeah. that's that's not bad yeah
0: I mean again like that's the whole thing of like if it on like having an on-site backup is not a backup which is why the cloud backup is important but right um also cloud backup only is also not a complete solution for other reasons
1: right well and i feel like this the synology thing is kind of funny too where like with its raid configuration like in th- like on one hand that's that's better because sure like one of these drives can just die and it's it's kind of mm-hmm. no big deal ray ray does not back up <laughs> but <laughs> but the problem is like if something happens to the synology or or like the data pool then you you're kind of screwed <laughs> yeah so. like
0: luckily there's no way i don't think there's a way for it to fail where it would somehow like screw up and then like just be like uh erase your cloud backup too like i think that's kind of impossible but right right. um yeah i don't know like it's still a proprietary software thing and it's not perfect so yeah it's the benefit of synology rate is that it's scalable and reliable and expandable but it's not but not so much as it is a backup in of itself uh, in any by any means
1: right which is why i i didn't love the fact that I didn't check that backblaze backup before I did this whole expansion thing. But anyway, I'm glad I found it now, at least.
0: All right, my pick, uh, I don't really have anything, so I'm going to go with this cocktail shaker. It's pretty all right. It's not perfect, but it's fine. I I, I hesitate to see what the wire cutter thinks is the right thing. But actually, just for the hell of it, I'm going to check. and it's probably going to be some nonsense cocktail kingdom no upgrade it's not even the upgrade pick
2: no okay wire cutters canceled